Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, if you don't know already, my name is Danny Paz, and I'm the host of the Tongues of Fire podcast. And um, we've been on a little mini journey the past couple episodes since the start of season two, where we've been kind of looking into the the overarching journey of, you know, a person's walk with God, you know, starting from salvation and going into godly living. And now uh, we're going to be talking about something that, you know, goes past you and you personally and starts going into how we uh, present the gospel to the nations, how we present the gospel to people. Uh, because how many of us know that godly life and, and our walk with Christ is not just for us, but it's so that we make disciples of all the nations and we go out and we spread the word and the the hope of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's not just for us. Um, so with me here today, uh, I brought a I brought another special guest, uh, another really good friend of mine. Uh, this guy is he's insane. He he's always doing stuff for the Lord. He's just super intelligent and it's always just such a an honor to talk to him so i want to welcome uh landon oxford to the the podcast uh say hi to everybody what's up everybody honored to be here um yeah so um been saved my whole life but really in the past couple of years um god's expanded my field of vision of who he really is and um you know when it comes to the power of the holy spirit and just like everything that comes with like being in Pentecost and all that kind of stuff. So, like, in just the past, like, three years, um, my eyes have really been open to, like, how real, like, God is and how, like, real His presence is. And, um, yeah, I've been living here in California for a little over a year, and that's where I've met Danny, is here at church. And then uh, I also go to school at GCU in Arizona, and God's doing awesome things there. Yeah, and uh, I remember that, that a little while ago you you took a couple of people and you started doing ministry over there in GCU. You know, it's kind of starting something, stirring something up. So um, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, so I knew uh, before starting my freshman um, year there at GCU uh, that God wanted me to do something, but I didn't really like pay attention to. It. I was trying to adjust to being at school, being away from my family. So like the first semester, like nothing really um, happened when it comes to like what I was ministering or what I was doing. Um, but in the second semester, I was just like, man, okay, I got to fast and like, see what God wants me to do and started like these revival nights on Wednesdays and, um, you know, fasted for it, prayed for it. And just God made a way and people were showing up, people were being, um, radically saved, people being, um, healed, um, people getting set free from demons and things like that. Um, and it all just kind of like exploded at a really Mm -hmm. short time. And, um, yeah. And then towards the end of the year. Uh, had some, like you said, some people out there, and we were doing a revival week, so we wanted to see revival hit GCU, and GCU is a self-proclaimed Christian school, and I love the school, but I'm also knocking on the fact that um, it isn't very sanctified, if that makes sense. There's no, a, yeah. there, People there don't actually know Christ and don't know what it's like, and so decided to have a whole revival week there, so every night we brought out a guitar, like some keys. We did a worship and a word and just ministering to people out in like the main field. And, um, yeah, people came and it was awesome. Oh no. Yeah. And, and that's great. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring you on, you know, cause, um, you know, we last week, uh, not last week, but last episode, uh, I was talking with JJ and we were talking about godly living and sanctification, you know, and I think that, one of the most important parts of, of going out and being able to do these things, casting out demons and preaching the gospel and leading worship and, you know, really anything that the Lord calls us to do, like in ministry or in our personal walks, it, it has to do with sanctification. I mean, like we have to be purified to, to do these things because, you know, how are you going to cast out something impure mm-hmm. if you yourself are impure, you know, or you got you got something going on or, uh, 
you know, how are you going to, you know, bring heaven down for these people like leading worship if you're, you know, dealing with stuff, if you're, uh, you know, still one foot into the world, one foot out. So I th- I, th- I just really like the way that, that the last episode kind of bleeds into this one because you can't have one without the other. You know, you can't mm-hmm. have uh, authority and you can't have a move of God without sanctification, but there is no sanctification without, you know, the promise of a move of God and all that because I think mm-hmm. that, that a lot of people get discouraged you know, because they, they are in a place where they're like, you know, I can never see God move because I'm like stuck in this place. I'm not sanctified and all that. And we know that, you know, it's only through the power of God that we get sanctified, we get purified and all that. So, you know, the move of God is really for anybody, you know, at all. Like it doesn't really take like like a super pastor or like a, like a bishop or anything to see a move of God. Like anybody can do it. Like just like, like you were saying, you know at gcu that like you're not a pastor right yeah. and the, the people you had with you like there was no pastor there there was no bishop there there was no like special guest it was just kind of a bunch of kids you know that they felt the move of god and they fasted and prayed for a bit and you know that you guys saw the move of god you guys saw like all these crazy things that that i want to get more into in a bit you know and then like you know even at my school i go, I go to biola university you know which is a hundred billion times better than gcu <laughs> okay by okay. the way <laughs> okay 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 uh, it, it's just you know it, and it's amazing and i love my school but but there's a lot of people there that just kind of have the title christian you know as well you know and i think that's a lot of problem i think that's the biggest problem whenever we label something a christian this you know like a christian school or like a christian company or like anything like that is that you'll have people that just kind of have the label you know, and they, they don't have the walk, you know, they have the talk, but they don't have the walk. And, uh, and that, that's what's happening at Biola, you know, so and I grabbed a couple friends and, uh, we had a, I, th- I don't know if you were there or not, but we had a, a worship, uh, night at this open fireplace at Biola and, and it was just something that a lot of people needed. You know, I, there were a lot of people that I, I saw that and I talked to in the days after that had never really experienced worship without a program you know they mm-hmm. they had really experienced worship that was purely unto god that wasn't like like okay you get your three songs and then the preaching and then you go home you know like yeah. no but they hadn't really experienced really just kind of indulging in the presence of god before and i think that's something that a lot of people in this generation are missing you know and you can't really have miracle power if you're not indulging in the presence of god because who does power come from you yeah. know it comes from it comes from the throne room it comes from from heaven you know and uh so in case you haven't caught on already i i really wanted to talk about authority and what the bible says about authority um kind of in all its aspects because authority is we think about that word and i think the most the thing that comes to most of our minds is like authority over the demonic you know and and that is very real and i know that there are a lot of christians out there that aren't really aware of it which is dangerous you know uh so i just want to to come out and say that that the demonic is real and it's out there and it's dangerous you know and and it has such a hold over over humanity right now that it's got such a big hold on it that we don't even believe it exists you know it's like the quote i heard it's like the the greatest thing that the devil ever did was convince the world that he doesn't exist you know and we we're just so lost without knowing where it is so it is real but we do have authority over it you know and um it's kind of what I, want, I wanted to bring you on because of some of the things that you saw over there you know, and just to kind of restate it that you, you guys aren't pastors, you guys aren't really like trained for this, you know, you yeah. just kind of went at it and followed the spirit. So like, what was that like? Like, is there something that you remember that, I don't know, kind of is at the forefront of that? Yeah. Um, 
you know, the whole thing about, like, starting the revival nights there, because um, there's other people that go to, like, different young adults things, whatever, and I tried out a lot of them and stuff, but just, like, God's glory would never fall. Like, I never felt the Holy Ghost. Like, it was, like, bothering me, and I was like, okay, well, if these people are enjoying this, enjoying this, like, dry gospel, whatever this is, right, like, how much more are they actually going to enjoy, like, the real God, hmm. like, the real Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. like, I feel like God really just wanted me to be the one to take charge of that. And so, um, yeah, like, my whole thing was whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, he can do. So I was expecting God to move, but I didn't know how he was going to move. I just kind of was like, God, I'm trusting you. Like, you do whatever you want to do with, with these revival nights. And literally the first one, the first revival night was just wild. Like, I didn't meet any of the people that showed up. Probably, like, 25 people that showed up. And, um, yeah, this girl, um, she came, and she actually started getting delivered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, well, that's crazy. And then it kind of, like, stopped. I was like, huh. I was like, felt something kind of off in my spirit. Whatever happened, the room we were in, we get kicked out of because somebody had, like, scheduled it or something. So we moved to a different place. Like, a public safety officer came in and was like, oh, we're closing this. So we got kicked out of a second place. We moved to, like, this classroom, just in, like, this small building in our school, right? And more people, like, showed up randomly. And I've never met any of these people, right? Mm-hmm. So we're just, like, worshiping, crying out to God, you know? And um, that girl, she started getting more deliverance. Um, like, literally, and most people there had never seen it. So everybody was, like, super scared, super freaked out. Like, guys, we're like, we're good. We're chilling, you know? Um, we saw this guy who uh, had just blown out his knee playing football, flag football. Mm-hmm. And he came and... uh God totally, like, restored his whole leg. Like, we thought, like, he didn't go to the doctor yet. Like, he was flying out the next day to go back home to Los Angeles to get an MRI because he's, he's had it happen before. And, like, you literally, like, when we laid hands on his knee, like, you felt, like, you felt the tendons, like, go back together. And he was, like, fully healed, dude. So he was, like, running, jumping. Like, we all ran outside and threw away his knee brace oh, in the trash can. Like, people, like, a couple of my friends, like, raced him, like, it was just awesome. So, like, the, these was like, the first time, like, people had felt this. So, like, whoa, like, this yeah. is, like, actually who God is. Like, he's actually alive. And, like, people say, like, oh, yeah, like, Jesus is alive and this and that. But then they don't see any of it. So, it's, like, like yeah. the first time seeing it, like, people were just kind of mind-blown. And so, we just kind of kept going at it. And um, one of my friends, Eli Franco, I met him. He came to the first one. And so, that's how I met him. And he's, like, dude, I've just... Like, he doesn't go to GCU, but he just, like, he's a worship leader. He just goes around. Yeah, dude, he literally just pulled up. Like, I didn't know who he was. And he's like, yeah, dude, I've been wanting to do, like, a revival thing here and, like, want to see revival here. And, um, oh, come on. Yeah, and so we started planning things, and uh, we were like, we're going to do a full revival week, like, towards the end of the school year. So every single night, we're going to have a worship out on the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, dude, like, we had, I think we had, like, seven salvations that week. And most of the people that came were just people randomly walking. We had people getting totally wrecked by the Holy Spirit. We had Mm. deliverance. We baptized, I'm pretty sure, like 10 people. Maybe wrong. We baptized like 10 people, and like seven of them were just like people who were just hanging out in the pool. And we preached the gospel to them, and then they came and got baptized. Like only three of them were like planned. Um, And yeah, and so kind of leading into the authority thing, I just kind of want to tell a little bit of a story. So the last night of the revival week, God did something different each day for the rival week. So it's like mm-hmm. one day it was like this and that or healing. And so a whole bunch of healing happened or deliverance. But the last one was like a totally like Holy Spirit, just like wrecking ball. Like <laughs> I was out on my back, like laughing in the Holy Spirit, like other people were just getting totally wrecked. Right. And there's a public safety officer that came up or somebody came up to me was like, Hey, this guy wants to talk to you. And I'm like, Oh gosh. Like I've had issues with public safety before doing revival weeks. Cause you know, yeah. deliverance is loud and just other stuff like that. And so people not really aware of things like, 
I've gotten in trouble by the public safety. And the guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, just so you know, like he showed me like this card that he was like some kind of like part of like, this, some like church like organization. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It was like the Church of God or something like that. And he's like, hey, I totally believe in like like the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But he's like, mm-hmm. but there's a reason for it. And he pulled up Acts 1.8. And what Acts one eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will witness in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So, what is the reason for having authority? Right? We get like baptism of the Holy Spirit is how we get our authority, mm-hmm. and the authority we're supposed to go out and preach the gospel. So you think you can like? You, do you hear sensationalists going and preaching the gospel? Probably doesn't work very well. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's when you have power and authority. Mm-hmm. But the power and authority is to go and reach other people. Yeah. And I, I think I kind of want to piggyback off of that is that whenever I think it was I think it's like in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's like immediately after the first time that Jesus goes out and preaches that the people people say, oh, you know, I I'm marveled by this man because he teaches with such an authority that I had never heard before, you know, and it was that authority that that got the first following you know that he got actually let me see if i can find it i think i have it here because it just stuck out to me when i was when i was thinking about uh and studying up for this episode that that was it wasn't jesus doing miracles in his first sermon because he Mm -hmm. didn't he didn't heal anybody he didn't cast out demons or anything in his first sermon Uh, it was just quite simply just the authority in in which he spoke you know and and it's and it's just that that Jesus walked in such a way that that he commanded such a, such a presence, you know, and and you can't really command a presence without without authority, you yeah. know, like like people that have a commanding presence, they they have authority, you know, and I I think that we need more of that, you know, we need more people with a commanding presence. That it it even says right here when he recruits the disciples, the first two disciples that he recruits, he just tells them to follow me and I'll make you fish for people. You know, he doesn't ask them like, Hey, you want to like follow me? Hey, like, like you if wanna... you think it'd be cool, like, could you please like leave your yeah. family and like, come follow me. It'll be exactly. a great time, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, he doesn't do that. He just says, you know, follow me and you know, I'll make you fishers of men. And yeah. what do they do? They don't, they don't second guess. They don't like give that weird look to each other. Like, Oh, okay. No, they just like, you know, there's something about this guy that I just, I gotta, you know, and they get out of the boat, they go follow him. And then, past that you know they continue preaching and and it's the authority that they have that you know captivates people in the beginning and then once he displays his authority in his words you know then the miracles start happening and then he starts healing people then he starts you know delivering people then he starts commanding nature itself you know and i just don't think that we we realize how foundational and how important authority is in in a walk with jesus because there are so many churches. I used to be a part of a church that like didn't use utilize authority like in the slightest. Oh, like, yeah. It was just kind of <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just kind of roll up, you know, get your three, four songs of worship, five if it's like a worship night, you know, and then then you listen to the pastor preach for like fifteen minutes, and then you you know you're on your way home and all that. There was no like like hey, this is what the Bible says. This is the gospel that that saves people there was no like deliverance there was no you know uh real power of salvation it was just kind of uh i guess they were just trying to be sustaining they weren't trying to go and and grow the the church the body of christ but you know that's what christ commands us to do he commands us to 
go out and make disciples of all the nations, preach the gospel to every uh, living being, you know? And uh, it's just like, if Jesus, and I think, I think that every Christian should strive to look the most like Jesus as we humanly can. Yeah. You know, I think that if you were to encapsulate the end goal of a Christian lifestyle in one sentence, it'd just be, you know, I want to look like Jesus, you know? And I don't think we can look like Jesus without authority. Yeah, and so many people don't know what Jesus actually looks like. So they're like, oh, <laughs> exactly. like, this is perfect. Like, oh, I go to church, but then it's like, okay, I'm like smoking and drinking during the week, but I go to church. So like, I'm like Jesus. So like, no, yeah. bro, you. And even then, <laughs> you Jesus, like Jesus. Like, hardly, Jesus made his own church. You know, he hardly went to church. And when he was going to churches, it was to teach. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he was the one reading the, the scriptures. He was the one preaching. He was the one teaching. You know, it's like, if you really want to look like Jesus, then don't comfort yourself by just going to church you know actually do something because jesus actually went out there and do something you know he did something and i'm not saying don't go to church because community is important and that's why jesus had his disciples he had he surrounded himself with people that you know they would fill each other and they would kind of cultivate each other but he did go out there and he preached he'd perform miracles he did all these things and that's what we're all called to do you know under the great commission when when you become a believer you know and uh and I know that there are a lot of people and this is the the one thing that I think I hear the most whenever I talk about uh, like authority or, or miracles or signs and wonders or preaching to like somebody that's new to the faith. It's always like, oh, that's just not who I am. You know, like I don't got the personality type for that. I'm like shy. I'm like like an introvert. Like I don't I don't talk to people like that. And it's like. Well, like. Matthew was shy like Matthew was an interview yeah. even you like I know I know you personally and you're like a mad introvert you know like you're, you're very introverted and you're the one that you know decided hey I'm gonna go out and start this thing at this school you know and it's like being an introvert doesn't matter no. you know like it, it's not I don't think God's gonna work around you being an introvert no he's just gonna be like okay you're quiet but that just makes my voice through you even louder yeah, I, exactly. And I can say that firsthand. Like, I think probably the most people we had at one of our revival nights, it was like, I think 70 people were out there at one point. Yeah. Which that's a lot. Because when I was used to like the lot. small revival nights, mm -hmm. like just normally it was like maybe 10 to like 20 people. So I think like maybe like 25 one time, but like had like a ton of people out there, like just soaking in the presence. And it's like, and God gives me words, like kind of forget the things I say. Because it's truly like not me speaking, like it's literally Christ speaking through me. Um, and so that's really what it is, is just like dying to yourself and having God work through you under his authority and his power. Hmm. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we can't really, we, as soon as we start trying to build our own kingdoms, you know, they're, they're going to fall because why? Because they're man-made, you know? And I, I think that we have people that think that we have to be mighty in ourselves before we start walking in authority, you know, with Jesus and all that. And that's not true at all. You know, look at, like half the missions trips that we do here at church is yeah. like people that you would not expect to go up to anybody. And they're the ones that are like, Hey, you know, I prayed for this guy and his eye got healed or, Hey, I prayed for like this guy's arm and, and, and it like stopped being broken or something. Like it's always the people that you don't expect because that's who God decides to, to work through. You know, it's always the people that are least qualified, you know, at least to our natural eyes mm -hmm. that God chooses. Why? Because then it could only be God. Yeah, you know, and I I don't think God gives us authority for our glory, but it's only for His glory that 
that we gain the authority to do these things yeah you know because i don't know like you in the natural telling somebody that's like paralyzed to walk is probably not going to go over so well you know they're (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna like get like a a mad dude you know like you you're just like bro just walk you know that's not gonna work bro it's easy just stand up bro i know it's (laughs) like it's like everybody can do it just stand up and that's not gonna work you know you need that that authority you need that backing of jesus because we can't do that in the natural you know like i we can't naturally tell somebody that was blind to just be like you know just just see you know or Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Like we need Jesus. We need that anointing to to be able to do these things. And it's because of Jesus that we can do those things, you know? Yeah. And I believe that that authority, Jesus displays like four main types of authority in his, in his ministry that I was looking at when, when um, I was studying for this episode, you know, he exercises an authority in his preaching. Mm-hmm. you know he's he's strong he's sure of himself but more than that he's sure of the spirit inside of him that's going to go out and touch the hearts you know he he knows that the words that he's speaking have that weight, have that power because of the holy spirit you know and also because you know he's jesus he's the son of god and he knows that you know he's, he says it multiple times and he preaches like it you know and that's what draws people to him and then there's you know the authority over the demonic you know, which mm-hmm. is what we've been talking about up to this point where it's like, you know, casting things out and, you know, um, deliverance and, and you know, just being able to, to exercise like devil, your head is under my feet and all that. And you have like no power here and all that. Why? Because we have the Lord Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Then there's like the authority to heal. We have that authority to be like, you know, pick up your mat and walk or like, yeah. you know, in Jesus name, open your eyes and see. And, uh, like there's that kind of authority and then there's the an authority that i think that a lot of us overlook because that's when we stop hearing about it and that's when we're like oh no that's like like actually impossible and that's like the authority over nature yeah you know because we see jesus literally get up from his slumber on the boat and say you know be still to the waters to the storm and and they were still you know and i think that we kind of forget about that a lot that that's something that we have authority over too you know, because Jesus said in his words, if you have faith the size of a, mon- a mustard seed and you tell a mountain to jump, it'll jump. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think we kind of take that as just kind of something that Jesus said and not a truth, which I think is a really big disservice Yeah. to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in us. Because there's not a single thing in the Bible that's just like, oh, that's just something that Jesus just kind of said, you know, like all of it is is intentional and all of it is it has a meaning and all of it is a promise, you know, cause he's not one, he's not a man that he should lie. Yeah. You know, and I just don't hear that talked about enough. And, and I, I have something like, I have a little story about that actually that, um, we, a while back, uh, me and a couple of friends, we decided to kind of similar to what you were doing. We decided to have worship in the park. I think you were there. Yeah. We, we yeah. had worship. Yeah. We had worship in the park that one time and, all that entire week it had been raining like insanely hard like it was it was pouring and it was like it almost felt like we didn't live in california anymore it felt more like like seattle washington or something like it was like insane how much it was raining you know it was like making up for the drought that we've been in for like the last 10 years uh, all in one week And and we're there on friday night like the day before we're going to go to this park and do worship and preach the gospel to like a bunch of random people and we're just like man I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. 
because it's raining so insanely hard. Like, I don't know how we're going to set up at the park, you know, the equipment, like just all of it. Like, I have no idea how we're going to get this done. And, uh, and I remember that, that we met up uh, at our friend, our friend Carlos house. We met up at his house and we just started worshiping together. We started praising, we started and calling out to God and, and all while it's still pouring outside of his house, you know, and it, and it's raining and, we're worshiping there because we're like you know we're believing for something to happen tomorrow we're believing that that god's gonna move we're believing that things are gonna break and all that and at the end of it we're just like you know what it has not stopped raining like this whole week and i know that this is just it's a test of faith you know so we we came together it was like four or five of us and we prayed and we're like you know what and do the authority of jesus name there were there's gonna be no rain tomorrow like like, we're going to be able to do this because this is for the glory of God. This is what he's called us to do, and nothing is going to get in our way. So, you know, we take authority right now, and we command the rain to stop. So then we all we all go home. We, we go our separate ways. We sleep. We wake up the next morning, and, and it's and it's still raining, and that's that's when the panic starts to set in. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. my gosh, did I just, like, did I not pray hard enough? Did I not, like, believe hard enough? Did I just, like... I don't know what happened. Like, th- did I mess it up? Like, out of the group prayer, did I, or something like that, you know? And the panic starts setting in. So, we start driving to the park, and and we show up, and we're like, okay, man, it's it's raining, and and we're just we brought like two tents, and we're like, maybe we can fit everyone in these like two tiny tents, right? And then we start setting up, and it completely stops raining Come as on. soon as we finish setting up. For the entire rest of the day like it only picks up after we had been long finished like later that night is when it started raining again but the entire time that we were there at the park no rain in sight whatsoever like it was like such a beautiful clear sky after that and it was like whoa that actually happened and it was it was completely only god because we had people driving from like we're from we're from socal you know, so we have people driving all the way from North California, which it takes longer to drive from North California than it does to like Nevada or something. That just shows yeah. how insanely far these guys drew. We have people coming from North California to come to this thing. You know, we had people that were just kind of there at the park, just kind of on a whim, just chilling, waiting for something to happen. And then we showed up and they're like, you know, this is what I was was waiting for. You know, this yeah. I just kind of felt to come here. And this is what this is why. You know, we had we had a guy that came from another state with one of his friends that they just, you know, they were just like, you know what, I just want to go out adventure. We'll just drive to California. We'll find a spot that's nice. And we they just happened to pick where we were at and they joined us. And it was just like, you know, it was insane and all that. And it's like like these things happen because we exercised our authority. Why? For the glory of God, you know, to do what he called us to do. But but it's it's authority over nature, you know, and it's it's like we have such a power inside of us that we for God's glory can command the forces of nature themselves, you know? And I think that's, that's crazy. It doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Yeah. And I think some people would be like, well, that's kind of arrogant to say like God's in control of everything. So then like, if there's going to be rain, then like, why would you even just like say that? Like, but it's like, okay. But then also same people like, okay, be like Jesus. And I was like, okay, well, Jesus literally said, like storm like stop like wave stop you know what i'm saying like so be like jesus okay storm go away like we're not gonna deal with rain today exactly you know and so it's like you said like 
when we exercise our authority for his glory, then things happen. Exactly. You know, and I, I think it's probably like the most Jesus like any of us have ever felt. You know, it was like, you know, we really exercised our, our faith like that, dude, because that took a lot of faith, too. And you need you need faith to exercise authority. Yeah. Right. Because because what happens when you when you listen to somebody trying to tell you to do something and you can feel that they're kind of not sure of themselves. Right. You don't want to listen to them because it's like if you're not sure of yourself, why am I going to be sure of you? Yeah. You know, so if we're not sure of the Holy Spirit doing this thing. Why is why is it going to happen? You know, like like the Holy Spirit is not going to work in us if we don't have the faith that it's going to work for his glory. Right. So you need faith and you need the right state of mind. You know, you need mm -hmm. to be doing it for God's glory and not just so you're like, oh, look what I can do. You know, look, look what God's using me to do and all that. Like God uses all of us. And that's great. That's amazing. But the second that becomes your focus, you lose that essential ingredient to having authority. You know, and it gets lost. Yeah, and I think being humble is, like, a huge thing with authority. Mm -hmm. Like, if you aren't humble and you're arrogant, like, there's one thing having confidence in, like, what Jesus is doing through you, but there's another thing of being, like, like, I don't know, being a glory hog and, like, oh, like, look, God, it moves through me so greatly. Oh look. Look at me. Oh, I had that word for somebody. Oh, it was exactly what they needed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's this, like, line you have to walk of, like, being humble, but then also, like, displaying and, like, having confidence in, like, God, right? So I think that's something that's, like, that once you become self-focusing on, like, how it makes you look and how what makes whatever, like, how you appear, then it's, like, you start losing your authority. Yeah. Yeah. And, um you were saying that and, and I think there's there's a very thin line between boasting and testimony. Yeah. And I think we were there's a generation of Christians that have been raised up that don't even see there's a line there at all. You yeah. know, and they just say, you know, they'll be like, Oh, look what look what look what I did, you know, with God's help, you know, like like look what God did through me, you know, I I healed this guy. And that's another thing. The second you start using the words I healed this guy or like or like you know, I delivered this guy or I gave the word to this guy, then it becomes like, okay, you know, that's where your heart is. And all yeah. That. And we, there's just a generation out there that, that it's become about I, I, I. And, and we've, we've blurred the line between testimony and boasting so much that it's not even recognizable anymore. And we have people saying I, 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 and then they're like, oh, but that's, that's just, you know, I'm just testifying, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, that's just my testimony, bro. Like, why are you, why are you coming at me for it? And it's like, cause you're not giving the glory to God. Yeah, or even there's, I think there's people, like, and this is part of it, just, like, social media, too, is, like, oh, let's, like, take a picture of me, like, worshiping, right? And it's, like, here's a Bible verse, but it's, like, oh, picture of me worshiping, oh, picture of me preaching, oh, picture of me doing this. And it's, like, like you don't need the clout. Like, <laughs> Jesus should have the ultimate clout. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not I'm not bashing post, posting, no, like, not. amazing experiences you've had it, like, on social media, especially, like, if the media team at your church catches you and they use oh, it, for then sure. like, you know, by all means go do that. I'm guilty of that. Cause it's just like, you know what? I look kind of fire here, you know? Yeah. No, but, I feel you. but as soon the second you start staging things for that. Yeah. And I, I, there are some pictures that I see on social media that I can just tell it's like, Oh my gosh, you set that up and you're, Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it, the second you start staging things just so you look better and it's like, okay, you're walking in you and not in Jesus. And where's that going to lead you? Yeah. yeah, and that's why a lot of people have, like, issues and, like, caution about, like, the move of the Holy Spirit because, like, okay, well, this person pretended to fall and they just pushed him down, right? And so there's, like, this f 
like line of people who like make things happen and then like the Holy Spirit actually doing it. And so the same thing kind of with like that is like, you know, like, do you kind of feel like what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that's why people are kind of like come at the Holy Spirit with cautions. Like, oh, I don't know if this is real. Oh, I don't know if this like after some of the deliverance at GCU, I was even having me called like, oh, you're a vessel for Satan. Like this, like God would never let this happen. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like Jesus is like setting this person free. Like, what do you mean I'm a vessel for Satan? Like, yeah. And they actually, that, that actually reminds me of, of a story in the Bible where the Pharisees told the same thing to Jesus. They said, you know, you cast out demons under the authority of, I can't remember his name, but they say you cast out demons under the authority of the prince of demons, you know. And Jesus just responds with, and I think most of us credit this quote to, to Abraham Lincoln, but, but Jesus actually said it first. And he said, you know, a house divided against itself is not going to stand. Yeah. You know, why would I... Why would Satan cast himself? Like, why would Satan cast Satan out? You yeah, know, he, exactly. he's not. It's like, like it doesn't make sense, like logical sense. Like when you think about it, you realize what you're saying. It's like, like the devil's telling the devil to get out of a person. He's not going to do that. Why? Because the devil's main mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Like he, if he has you, he wants to keep you there because he doesn't want us getting to heaven. He doesn't want us being in the glory and the presence of God. So why would he put on a show? casting himself out you know and and freeing somebody from his control it doesn't make sense for people to do that and you know they told the same thing to jesus and it's just people that that they've confused who the holy spirit is you know and the holy spirit has just become like kind of a fiasco in the modern church where it's like we see the holy spirit move and we're just like oh they just want more attention in this church or oh you know, they just want like a glory story or something like that, which is not what it is, but that's what we've made it to be. And then, mm-hmm. then we get people like that that are saying like, oh, dude, you're like from the devil because you casted out this demon out of this person. It's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is this is biblical, right? Like, it, once again, it's the part of like why I felt like leading something at GCU and like having like what I feel like God was telling me to do is because people don't know who the real Jesus is. They don't know who the real Holy Spirit is. He they don't know that he actually still delivers people from demons. They're like, oh, like, well, the gifts aren't for today. It was like, well, where does it say that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like people sometimes have to just like see it manifest, like him manifest himself. And even then, people are cautious or weird about it. Like, I remember there was a guy at GCU, and we were talking. He's like, oh yeah, I don't believe in miracles. But then he was sitting there watching the whole time, and he was like shaking his head. I'm like, hey man, like this stuff, you can't deny this stuff. But if you want to shake your head, like, yeah. And and I think I think that's not just a problem with, you know, just that guy, but I think it's not even just a problem with Christianity. It's just a problem with the world right now where we have come to a place where we conform to people so much that what we believe becomes a reality. You know, and it's not like it's not like what we have faith in becomes a reality because that's different. Yeah. Because having faith in the Holy Spirit that does make things happen. But it's just kinda like what we think and what we believe in our natural mind has to is law you know and mm-hmm. and uh like it's like people get their feelings hurt so easily and people come to a place where it's like my feelings trump the laws of reality so much that we get people like that that you you see something with your very eyes and you're like no because just be, i just don't believe that so it's not happening you know it's not yeah. real like even if it's happening in front of my face it's just not real you know like like th- these are sensitive topics too but it's it's the ones that i can think of right now that it's like you know you have people that 
believe abortion's like a correct thing. Yeah. You know, and and you know, you show them that, you know, that's a living thing. You show them what happens when you actually, you know, kill a child. You show them all these things and they're just like no, because it's not what I believe. That's that's not happening, dude. You're just trying to manipulate me, no, because my my feelings trump what's happening in the world. My feelings trump like the actual like events that are unfolding in front of my eyes and it's just because i don't feel like it that's not happening you know it's not real and we need to give more room to the holy spirit and stop thinking about what we feel like because if we ran church the way we feel like we like we just be driving it into the ground literally you know? yeah and it's like like if i tried like praying for somebody the way i feel like that's just it's not even just bad. It's like, like awkward too. You know, yeah. you start praying for somebody. And it's just like, whatever. I just going to tell you whatever I feel like telling you like in the natural. And it's just going to be weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and that's like the main thing that people are afraid of too. So it's like, why would you do anything the way you feel like, because that's what you're scared of, right? You're scared of being weird. And that's why most people don't want to preach the gospel. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to look weird or like, like they're going to think I'm like a weirdo or like this is just going to be awkward if I'm just like, hey, do you know Jesus and all that? It's like, yeah, it is if you're doing it for you, you know, but the second you do it for the 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 uh, power and glory of God, then he takes over, you know, the yeah. Holy Spirit takes over and then you don't got to worry about it anymore. Why? Because he's going to know exactly what to say, you know, just let him just surrender it. Let him speak through you, you know, so that you get that power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just not awkward, you know, you, yeah. you'll, you'll be fine once you let somebody else, that, that that being the Holy Spirit, take the wheel. Yeah. And like the thing is, you see with people who like don't believe in the Holy Spirit, stuff like that, they always seem to be so buttoned up. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, oh, but we're also like supposed to be fools for Christ. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the more you start caring about like what you look like, or what you think about, like all that kind of stuff, then it's like you're hindering what God can do through you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so like if I really would have cared, like what my friends would have thought that I did this revival night thing or what people are going to perceive me as or mm-hmm. whatever, like I would be hindering a move of God. And that is like the last thing I ever want to do is hinder what God is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think as people like, we do need to become like David and become fools for Christ. Yeah. Like undignified for Christ, you know? And th- that's kind of become like, like the motto of our church, you know, recently that it's like, I'm just going to be undignified for Christ. Why? Because there's nothing I hold on to anymore. It's all for him, you know, and uh, the the disciples weren't dignified people either. Matthew left probably like the most dignified job you could have at the time. Yeah. So he could follow Jesus, you know, like uh, Peter and, and his brother, they left a steady job you know, being dignified, being fishermen, so they can go follow follow Jesus into the wilderness, you know? John the Baptist was probably, like, the craziest guy that I think we have in the Bible. Yeah. No, he was just wild. And why? Because he was undignified for the Lord. Mm -hmm. He had to make way for the Lord to come. So he said, you know what? My image doesn't matter. My emotions don't matter. My feelings don't matter. I'm just going to go at it. I'm going to be wild for the Lord and all that. Why? Because he is over I, you know? He whatever the Lord wants, whatever Jesus needs trumps whatever I feel and all that. And I think once we bring it back to authority, once we submit to the authority of the Holy mm-hmm. spirit, then the forces of evil and the forces of this world will submit through our authority through the Holy spirit. 
you know, and we have a lot of people that don't want to submit to anybody, you know, mm-hmm. because our opinions and our feelings matter more than anything else. But it's like, how, how are you going to become a vessel, become a servant for Jesus if you don't even want to submit yeah. and listen to what he's got to say? You know, it's like, like having a boss at work, right? That, like, how are you going to move up if you don't listen to your boss? Exactly. You know, if you don't submit to what he tells you to do, and you're just like, oh, I just don't feel like it. You're never going to move up. Yeah. Right? You're never going to get promoted. If he tells you to, like, I don't know, restock or something, you're just like, you know what? I don't feel like it because that hurts my feelings that you told me to restock or something like that. Then how are you ever going to get a promotion? How are you ever going to hear, like, well done? You know, mm-hmm. like, good job. And I think that's something we all want to hear from Jesus. You know, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the end goal right there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how are you ever going to hear that if you're just like, no, I don't want to restock because that hurts my feelings that you told me to do that. Or like, no, I don't want to do customer service because that makes me uncomfortable because I don't like talking to people. Yeah. You know, it's like, just submit to the authority of Jesus and you'll move up. You'll gain that experience and you'll be able to do greater things. You know, like every pastor out there started from a place of like, I don't know, just speaking to one person at a time or like, you know, maybe not even that. Maybe they just like stuck a note on somebody's car or something like it's it's whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And yeah, you might look stupid. I'm not telling you you're not going to look stupid. You might look stupid. Like the whole point might be for you to look stupid but it's just because you look stupid and it works that yeah. it's like, Hey, that's not him. You know, that's mm-hmm. not her. That's not, you know, this group of people, that's something else. Because like, if I went out there doing this, there's no way this would have worked, you know, like, like believing, believing for a whole country to be saved. Like we are with Africa right now at yeah. our church, you know, we're going to be going out to Africa soon. And, and we're believing for the country to be saved. You yeah. know, a year ago, if you had told anybody that, you know, we're gonna just going to go to Africa, we're going to preach the gospel and all that, you know, we, they would have been like, no way that's going to work. You know, you're not going to do that. What's one church with like 20 people on the team going to go do in Africa, which is like the second, third biggest continent in the world? It's like, yeah, you know, what are you guys going to do? But what happened recently? We had a king at our church. We yeah. had the king of Uganda, Africa, roll up to our church. And it's like, if you told us that, a year ago, it's like, no, that's like, how are you going to get a king in here? You're in Whittier. Nobody goes to Whittier for anything, you know, like, like, what what are you going to do to do that? That's There's no way that's going to happen, you know, but it happened. Yeah. Why? Because we did, we went out on limbs. We did things that probably look stupid to everybody else, but it's because we did them. We did them with, I'm not saying no fear because us as humans, we're going to have that like, God, this better work because I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. You know, but it's because we still trusted God with all of it that God's like, you know what? I got you. Yeah. And because you, you know, were able to submit to me to what I said, because you were able to look like an idiot for me and what I told you to do, that I'm going to reward you like a hundred thousand times more than you could have ever imagined. You know, and all, all these things are happening and it's like, you know, it was worth it. Yeah. And I think when you see something like with our church, like our church carries a heavy authority. When we go places, we take territory. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, how do you get that authority, right? Mm-hmm. The people that are truly servants of Christ are the ones who are going to have the m- most authority. All these people saying like, oh yeah, like I'm a servant for Jesus, but then it's like your life doesn't reflect authority and walking in authority with Christ. So the people who have the most authority in Christ is the people who are the most dedicated servants. And so that's the same thing of like, 
humbling yourself, but then also walking in boldness and authority. And so, like, you need both. Like, you need to be, like, the most humble people are the ones that are probably going to be going in doing the most for Christ. You know what I'm saying? And so it's humbling yourself before God and then walking in his boldness. Yeah, and then, like, and I'm always going to bring it back to Jesus because, you know, it's it's him above all. And he is the ultimate example that we should be following. But it's like, I think one of the main images that we have of Jesus is that he's the lamb that was slain and he's the lion of Judah. You know, yeah. He's like the most humble animal of all, but he's also the one that commands the most authority. You know, you, you, you think of a lion, you think, oh, that's like the king of the jungle right there. You know, I think that's like the, one of the yeah. titles of the lion, you know, then you think of a lamb and it's like this frail, innocent, like helpless animal. It's the most humble of the animals, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like Jesus has that duality where he's both. He's yeah. humble and he has that commanding authority, you know, he's meek, but he's not meek he's not meek but he's he's gentle mm-hmm. and he has the strength to protect you know and i think that's what we need to be we need to look at those things and we need to move past them just kind of being slogans or things we put on a t-shirt and really think about it like hey if he can be gentle and strong if he can be humble and authoritative then what's stopping me from doing that if the same spirit that operated through jesus operates in me yeah you know through the holy spirit we need that duality, you know, and and I think that we just have people that don't really know how to have that duality. Yeah. You know, they they we become so natural, naturally minded that we think like I can't be humble and authoritative at the same time. You know, a leader can't be humble like a leader's always got to be right and all that. And that's where we end up in a lot of the places that we are. Why? Because people don't want to admit they're wrong. People mm-hmm. don't want to be humble. People don't want to bend down to pick the cross back up because that's not yeah. an empowering position. So we, what, we have people that just leave the cross behind completely because it's just like, oh, I'm not going to stoop down to pick up my cross again. Yeah, and pride is, pride is like literally the root of everything that is not good. You think about yeah. saying himself being an angel and falling from heaven because of pride. You know what I'm saying? And so it's having that pride of like, well, look, I have all this authority, but then it's like you're not humble. It's like, well, then you're losing your authority mm-hmm. and, this, and vice versa, you know, or even with just like how this day and ages is like, like literally like the gay agenda. Their whole thing is pride, pride, mm-hmm. pride is like, well, pride is literally the downfall of all of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was Adam and Eve thinking, oh, I'll still eat the fruit. Even God, God told me not to, even though they were like uh, deceived. But they still had pride, like, oh, God told me, but a snake told me, so mm, I'm going to eat this. And that's the downfall of all humanity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, pride is what has messed everything up. And so yeah, when you start even... making things about yourself, then you start losing your authority because you're not humble. Yeah. Not even that. I th- like, even going back to your example of Adam and Eve, it was it was not just them having the, the pride to be like, oh, you know, I ate it, so I'm right. It's It's even Adam, too, that had the pride to blame it on his wife yeah you know he god asked him what happened he's like oh you know the woman you gave me gave me this fruit to eat so not only did he shift the blame and not was not humble enough before god himself to take the blame he shifted it onto his wife and to god yeah at the same time you know he said the woman that you gave me Mm. you know and i i think that it's insane and and i'm not saying i'm not coming from a place of like I'm not speaking down on anybody, you know, because yeah. I've I've been in that position where I've said something like that before. Where, but I think it's insane that we become 
so prideful and so egotistical that we rather blame God than take the responsibility for us making a mistake. You know, we're like, oh, I didn't make the mistake. The most powerful being in the universe, the all good, the almighty made the mistake. You know, I'm yeah. I'm fine, you know, but but God, oh man, no, God messed up with this one. And it's like insane to me how we can play the blame game with God, right? Yeah. And it's like how are God is greater than everything in this universe and you're just like, Oh no, but but God kinda messed me up here, you know, so I'm just you know, I'm butthurt now and all that. And it's like grow up, take responsibility, yeah. be humble and then maybe see what God does with you, you know, but the second you're too much of a big boy or a big girl to like stoop down and be like, Hey man, I'm sorry that I messed up. You know, God, I repent because I messed up and you start blaming it on God. It's like, that's the authority killer right there. You're, yeah. you're not going to go anywhere with God. The second you start being like, God, no, you, you made the mistake. God, you messed me up. You know, and all that. Like I, I was completely in the right doing this or that, you know, like you, you just, you know I mean? You messed me up like that. And it's like, we got to stop playing the blame game with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you don't want to take anything from somebody that messed you up. Right. Like, like if your friends betray you and all that, you're not going to take something from them. Right. So why would we take the authority from a God that we continually is saying that messed us up? Right. No, we need to take the, the initiative and be like, Hey, I messed up. God, forgive me. I'm going to lay down my crown before you and be humble before you so that you can fix me so you can work with me yeah. and God will work in you and he'll give you a little extra. Yeah. You know, because you were able to, you know, kneel before him, you were able to be humble and admit that you messed up. You know? Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Like once you start putting the blame game on God and like projecting everything else, like, Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't like, instead of like humbling yourself, like that, that itself is going to send you to hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like when you start making everything about everybody else and how nothing's my fault or nothing, this, nothing, that, like their pride Mm -hmm. is literally the thing that takes people to hell. Their Mm -hmm. pride to think, Oh, I'm going to believe in, I'm not going to believe in Jesus because I think Muhammad is alive and is the true God. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, your pride for not seeking Jesus is sending you to hell. Like a pride is the root issue of everything and when you have pride you don't have authority mm. and so that's why it's so important to just like constantly ask god to humble yourself and to humble yourself before god to like you said to work through you and give you a little bit extra yeah and uh you know there there is authority to be had in christ and all that and there there is a a greater path to power when we are humble and we realize that our life isn't ours anymore yeah you know the second that the second that you accept Christ into your heart, your life isn't yours. You know, you, you've given up your natural life so that you can have something greater, so that you can be something greater, you know, so that you can do greater things and all that. You've you've given up a lifestyle of sin so that you be, can become an ambassador for the gospel. You know, and I, I think this is probably going to be my closing thought, that we need humility for authority. We need faith for authority we need jesus to have authority but but we also have to come to a place where we know what authority can do Mm -hmm. in our lives you know and it's like if you've never seen somebody 
take charge if you've never seen somebody lead something before how are you going to be expected to lead yeah right and i'm not saying that there aren't people who can build something from the ground up because they they're you know they can you know i'm talking about like your testimony is going to drive you to pursue that authority you know think about the things that that you've had going on that you've been set free from and how the lord has taken authority over that it doesn't even need to be another person it doesn't need to be like like oh i i watched this pastor and he performed deliverance and i want some of that no you could just think about jesus just think about god think about his exercises of authority and have those drive you forward you know because mm-hmm. god's god says that whatever you ask in jesus name it shall be given to you right mm-hmm. but if you're not striving for authority if you don't desire authority why is the lord going to give it to you yeah you know he's not going to give something that you're not going to thrive in because you don't want it you know you have to desire it and to desire it, you have to know it's there and we're here to tell you that authority is there it's real and the mm-hmm. authority of god is probably one of the most gratifying one of the most insanely just rewarding things that you could have in this life because through the authority of god you see miracles being done you see deliverance you see demons casted out you see healings you see control over the forces of nature all because you were able to come to a place where you're humble yeah you know and because you're humble you gain power because you have the faith in someone else and not in yourself you gain that power you know and it feels good it just it feels good and i think that's what a lot of us chase after you know Mm -hmm. it's like i don't want to do that because it doesn't feel good you know and it's like I don't think there's a greater feeling than coming together in faith with somebody and seeing a miracle happen or coming together in faith and seeing a deliverance or even just being able to tell somebody, hey, Jesus loves you and he died for you. And seeing that person come to Christ because of that, because of the authority that you walk in, Mm -hmm. because you were able to humble yourself. I think that is the most rewarding thing ever. Why? Because it says that each soul is worth more then is more precious than gold, more valuable than rubies. You know, it's like our souls are the most valuable things on this earth. You know, every time you see one of those come back to the kingdom of heaven, it's like the most gratifying, most rewarding thing ever. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen without the authority of God. That doesn't happen without you walking in the power that God has for you. You know, especially if, if you're more shy, if you're more, conservative if you're more about you and you're like hey i don't think god can work through me because that's not who i am or i don't think god can work through me because i messed up so much god has authority for you mm-hmm. if it's because you messed up then just you know be humble take the knee take it to the jaw and be like hey god i messed up and i repent and i'm gonna do better but i can't do it on my own i'm gonna do it through you mm-hmm. god as like i said before he's gonna fix you He's going to give you a little extra. He's going to have you starting to walk in that authority. Why? Because he respects those that are humble. Yeah, and I think, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. something that I think too is people display like, oh, like, I'm not like worthy enough to do this. And like playing that humble card of like, oh, like, I'm not worthy for God to work through me. Like, actually, mm-hmm. that's pride. Yeah. That's actually pride saying, oh, the God of all creation, the God who made me, oh, he can't do anything through me. Because it's like, impossible. Me. And so it's like they're playing that like, oh, like, look, I'm humble, like, but it's really not. It's pride. Yeah. So I think that's the thing people have to remember is like, he can do everything. Yeah. He can do everything and anything and we can't. So why are you putting a limit on God? Exactly. You know? 
yeah and it's like the same thing with people that just say you know it's not in my personality like i'm just like an introvert i'm shy it's like no you're just placing a limiter on god Mm -hmm. you know why don't you be humble enough to let it go to god let let that that introvertedness that shyness go to god and see what he can do with it you know and then for those people that are are ambitious and are trying to grow in their ministry and are trying to reach high places just i would just say don't forget where you came from and don't forget where you started don't forget what you've been freed from yeah because seeing what you've been freed from and seeing the authority that freed you from it mm-hmm. is going to drive you to those greater places going to make you reach higher and don't forget and just don't forget to be a servant you know and um you know the the authority is just so fundamental and valuable that is something that all of us need to have yeah and if you don't humble yourself before god god will humble you for you and so that's the thing is yeah (laughs) don't be too arrogant like humble yourself daily as somebody that's been humbled by god quite a couple times that i don't think that you really want to feel what that's like that's that's insane i it's just better to just kind of take the knee and be like i messed up than god having to come down and be like hey you messed up you know take it back and all that because that it's like a whole different thing but yeah i think that would be my closing thought what about you yeah that's about it for me that's it yeah, yeah man. well um and actually why don't we i feel it in my spirit why don't why don't we do something different why don't why don't we pray this episode out yeah. you want to pray it out yeah i got you yeah. dear heavenly father god i just just thank you for just another day of being on your beautiful creation father god god i thank you that through you we have authority because we are your vessels, Father God. God, so I just pray that everybody who listens to this, God, that you just start working in their heart, Father God, that they become humble, that they become more like you, that they are open to see your authority displayed through them, Father God. God, I pray that um, when they start receiving authority, Father God, that they will go out into all the ends of the earth and start displaying that, Father God, for your glory, for none of us, not for not for us, God, because we are, we are strictly here for you, Jesus. And so, Father God, I just pray that you just begin to work through people and start turning their hearts, Father God. God, any hard heart, hard hearts that are scared to, to humble themselves before you, Father God, that you would just break that off of them, Father God, and that they will be able to come to you in, um, in humbleness, Father God, and to be able to learn from you, to be able to, to disciple under you, Father God, so that they can go and display how powerful and how mighty you are, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're praying for you guys. We're believing with you guys. And we just want to remind you that God is working through you and that nobody is ever too far gone for God. You know, and with that, um, we got a couple special things coming. I have the big idea coming up that I can't wait for you guys to listen to. But until then, we'll catch you next time. This has been the Tongues of Fire podcast. I'm Danny. This has been Landon. And um, we'll catch you later.